do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 413. And why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who does want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, um, kind of a recap. Uh, not really. No, not really. Not Today a recap. Is the day after Christmas? Can you turn that heater off? Okay. Thank you. I was hoping I'd get no, away. No, sound with quality it. is more important to to our listeners than your warmth. I'm so cold. Um, today is the day after Christmas. Yeah. And so, in a few days, it'll be the beginning of 2018. That's right. So, I guess kind of a recap, but more like maybe just a few of our favorite things from the year. These are a few of our favorite things. Correct. When the dog bites. That's not one of When the bee things. stings. Not that. When I'm feeling sad. That's pretty good. Kind of. Remember that part in uh, Boogie Nights where it's like, goodbye 70s, hello 80s. There's yeah. like it's on the banner. Yes. Now we're 2018. Yes. That's... Well, we don't even have to talk about Boogie Nights. We lived through the 70s and 80s. I know. <laughs> this is crazy that it's 2018. I know. The girls, we were talking the other night about, um, I don't know if we were talking about Prince and 1999 came up. And how the song was not written in 1999. Oh my gosh, so far before that. And JC was like, when you liked that song, did you think 1999 sounded far away? And I was like, you bet I did. I was in seventh grade or eighth grade, I think, seventh or eighth. And 1999 sounded like almost like a, an apocalyptic time. <laughs> like, you know, like right. everything's going to fall apart. And the Y2K bug, sweetie. Well, yeah. And, uh, so yes, 1999 felt far away. And then that year was a little stressful because of that whole Y2K thing, right? Yeah. Thank goodness you went uh, as a Y2K bug for Halloween. I know. Well, and it was that was a tough year for my family. My dad was sick. My grandpa was sick. I was in graduate school. It was a tough year. But we had Prince. But we had 1999. It's kind of a cheesy video. I'm watching it right now. You mean there's cheesy videos from the 80s? Yeah, like, what were we thinking? Uh, Wendy and Lisa are in that video, right? Who's Wendy and Lisa? Who are Wendy and Lisa? That's Wendy right there. Wendy who? And Lisa. Who are they? They're part of the revolution. <laughs> and That's... then there's the doctor guy. Yeah, he's the African-American guy, I think, but he's got a Japanese headband on. Yes. It always threw me I don't me know off. what his name is. There he is. Running everywhere. Sometimes I feel like uh, it's Zen Parenting Radio and we're like doing 1999, but we d we basically built into our the fabric of what we do is pop culture. So sure. I kind of feel like we have given ourselves the license, at least for me, not to feel bad that we go on on tangents about the song 1999. Well, the only reason I don't feel bad about that is because that's what we talk about all the time anyway. This is I not know. like we're saying, let's build in pop culture. These are things we talk about all the I time. I know, but sometimes I just feel like, oh, we got to be giving lessons. We got to be you know talking what? about Zen. No, because I don't want to give lessons. I just want to talk no about No lessons. Things. That's our new motto. <laughs> no lessons. I mean, lessons come from pop culture. Lessons came from this. Well, what's the lesson you got out of this, sweetie? Out of Prince or yeah. out of 1999? 1999. Just remembering that when that. Sometimes something like when you're in seventh grade and you hear 1999 is coming, it sounds like it's forever away and you'll never make it and, and everything's going to fall apart. But actually, not only do we get there, but we're way past it and we're all fine. And there's going to be a day when it's like 2030 and we're like, remember 2018? Well, and you know what? I think about that with being 46, like 
you know, I'm 46 and in my 17 year old self that lives inside of me is like, man, you're ancient, you know? Mm-hmm. But then there's part of me that's like, when I'm 55 or, you know, 60, I'm going to be like, man, you were 46 and you were worried about dumb things because I am healthier now mentally and I even think physically than I was when I was in my late 20s. That's right. I mean, I was so caught up in so many things that were unimportant that I wasn't really healthy. You know? I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Hey, everybody. We're in the good old days right now. That's even, right. Even though your day, whatever, you're listening to this and something happened today that sucks, you're going to think back like, God, remember that sucky day? Well, we were just I just dropped off my girls at school and we were talking about days that they were sick. And Skylar was talking about when she had her tonsils out last year and she was at home and she said, I would wake up, I would cry, I would get my medicine, I would have pancakes from McDonald's, and then I would watch Good Luck Charlie. And Cameron's like, Oh, that sounds so great. <laughs> and I'm like, Well, she wasn't really happy. Like these were not She's easy a freaking times. Mess. I know, but that's the thing is we we look back on things that were tough and we're like, wow, that sounded great. And and it's not even about just now because your children are young or now because you just got married or now because you're pregnant. It's just now because it's now. So you don't have to be like, I have to hold on to this time because it'll never be better than this. Every stage of life has amazing times and we don't have to be worried that once our children are a certain age, we won't feel that way anymore because obviously we'll miss those times, but the next times will be wonderful too. Let's jump in. Okay. I need a Kleenex. I don't have one. Where did Here, here's go? a paper towel. I don't understand where my box of Kleenex went. I don't either. Our kids are bad. No, they're not bad. bad. kids. No, they're not bad kids. And I don't even think they took it. Um, they took it. I blame Skylar. Okay, so let's jump into these these things from 2017, our favorite things. And mine are very general because there's no way I could just, you know, hammer these down specifically. So we're going to go through these three, and then we're going to steal uh, some inspiration from a guy named Tim Ferriss, who's, a, who's uh, somebody that we like. He has a podcast, and he's written some books. The name of the book is called Tribe of Mentors, and it's 11 different questions that he asked people who were like, you know, really successful in whatever endeavor that they chose to do. And successful is a relative term. So depending on how long it takes for you and I to go through our three things, we'll uh, finish it off with these 11 questions. Mine are pretty quick. So are mine. Okay. So you go first. Um, So one of my things, when I think back of 2017, this may sound shallow or silly or... You know, this is something that changed, that helped me through 2017. Okay. It's my Ultra Boost, sweetie. I know. I know. Those are some good shoes. So I have this nephew. His name is Max, but I call him Butch. And he's into shoes. And I've been making fun of him for years because he keeps buying new pairs of shoes. And I don't get it because the shoes he buys are not like the $60 from Dick's Sporting Goods. It's like $250 off of eBay, off of some kid. Like, I don't get it. Like like Kanye West shoes. Yeah. Um, so I would always make fun of him. And then one day he's like, you know what, just try these on. And the, the kind that he happened to have that day were these pretty cool Ultra Boosts from, by Adidas. And I put them on and I was like kind of blown away by the comfort of them. So I basically put my tail between my legs and told my nephew Butch, you know what? You're right. I'm going to actually spend some money on these bad boys. So I got my, actually, I didn't spend my money. It was my no, awesome they've... sister-in-law and brother-in-law yes. who got it for me for my birthday, I think. Yes. And um, I got to tell you, 
It's kind of like that part in Forrest Gump where Lieutenant Dan tells Bubba and Forrest to take care of their feet. Mm -hmm. If you can take care of your feet, it kind of changes everything. Mm -hmm. Like I love walking because I'm in my Ultra Boost. So the way I describe my Ultra Boost to my family, and it's to the point where they get sick of hearing about my Ultra Boosts, it's because they are spongy, springy, squishy, cloudy pillows. Yes, we hear this most days. And it's changed my life. I just love these Ultra Boosts and um, they're really expensive. They're like $225, but I don't know how they're going to wear as far as how long I'll be able to kind of, they'll have their springiness, but it's been quite amazing. So chalk one up for the Ultra Boosts and my nephew, Butch. He's like, it's like walking on pillows. Let's go for a walk. He's yeah. always wanting to go for a walk. I love my Ultra Boosts. What do you got? So my first thing of 2017 that I loved and appreciated and also had been challenged by is journalism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yours so, are more deep than mine. Well, I kind of wanted them to be all encompassing because there's way too many things. But I'll just say that when I was going to college, I wanted to be a journalist. That's what I was going to go to school for. And I did that through my junior year, but then changed to education. But I had a really deep respect for journalism when I was younger um, and obviously didn't end up doing that personally. But I feel like over time, the the it's not that I lost respect. It's just I disconnected. I yeah. was kind of like news, news, negative. Uh. And this year, if it wasn't for journalism, I'm not quite sure where we'd be. I never understood the importance of journalism until 2017. Yes. And I know that there have been times that it's been just as important. like Watergate I, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Watergate. And, and that's the thing is I've been going back in time. Like uh, I read at the very beginning of 2017, Jon Stewart's book, um, you know, The Daily Show put together this book of like all of these memories of you know, it, it wasn't just it, actually John Stewart didn't write it. It mm. was all the people who were writers on the Daily right. Show. Uh, Manisha gave it to me for Christmas last year, so I read it at the beginning of the year. And they were talking about their experience with the Iraq War and with George Bush and with journalism. And I just was more disconnected then. I was not. I knew what was going on, but um, not to the extent, not the way I do now. And I can't tell you how much reading I've done this year as far as the New York Times and the Washington Post and um, the Atlantic and New York Magazine. And and Todd and I made a very concerted effort to find... Um, balanced. To find the, the most balanced um, or in respected and, you know, best journalists out there yeah. so we could get accurate information. I sub the closest I could find was Wall Street Journal. So Wall Street Journal. I've read that too. Because, you know, the whole social media thing and how all the quote unquote fake news. And that's kind of a relative term. Yeah, I don't even use it because I think it hurts us. But, you know, just the impact of n not true information. Well, the impact of, it wasn't really that for me. It was the impact. Well, yes, yes. I'll just say yes. And then the next sentence is, it was about, I didn't understand what other people were reading. I thought that I was reading the same thing. You thought we were all else. reading the same I thing. I thought we were all reading the same thing, and I was so Not naive. True. Right. And I see. I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch CNN. I don't even watch you know the nightly news. So I. That's not what I'm following now. It's the the written word and. You know, every day I check articles. I mean, I just never used to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we we got the Chicago Tribune again. So one of the things I want to say about that, though, is it's not just about appreciating their work. 
Um, I made an effort. We made an effort to support them. Support them. I now subscribe to the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the Chicago Tribune, and I've donated money to ProPublica mm-hmm. because they are kind of an over. Yeah. You know, they they oversee all of journalism because we can't just expect people to do their work and to do their work well, but for free. It's just, we have to engage. Yep. We have to make sure that if we are going to read this information and depend on them, that we... Um, and these organizations are suffering because the newspaper is used to be sold millions of copies every day mm-hmm. and it simply doesn't happen anymore. They had a much better year, I will I say that. Um, but we have to keep that up because this is something, you know, we need to have foreign correspondence. You know, this goes beyond just what's going on in our country. Like we need... I was reading um, something about how this was more about the news, but when, you know, nightly news used to have foreign correspondence. And so after they would give what was going on in in, in our country, they would cut to, mm-hmm. you know, somebody in a different country explaining what's going on. Now what we do is we just have a bunch of pundits. Because it's cheaper. Because it's cheaper. And all they do is just talk about stuff they don't even know anything about. Like they I, they may be educated in it, but they're not living it. They may be talking about the not war, reporting, but they're, they're not giving there. Opinions. Exactly. And that is not news. Mm. That is just a bunch of people arguing. And um, and again, that's that's TV and I'm talking about journalism, you know, written word. But I just wanted to say that. And I encourage those of you who are like, you know, sometimes online I see people say, well, I can't read this article because it says I have to pay for it. And I'm so angry that I have to pay for it. You guys, this, this is people's livelihoods. These are our livelihoods. And we're talking about 10 bucks a month. We're talking about a few coffees to make sure that we can get access to this information. So I highly encourage you to, um, for those of you who have been depending on journalism the way I have this year, to give to that medium. So number two for me was, um, a device I bought, it was a Kindle. I think it was technically called a Kindle Paperwhite. And I used to think it was Paperwhite, mm, but it's Paperwhite. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of changed my ability to consume information because in the past, like I, I was given this Tribe of Mentors book by a friend. So I didn't buy it. If I did, I would have bought it through my Kindle, but it's a physical book and it's 600 pages. And it's kind of a pain to read a 600 page book in bed. Like, you know, obviously you can do it, but that little paper white is, um, whatever, two pounds or whatever it is. And you can highlight and you can put notes in and you can export all your highlights. And I read mostly nonfiction, like self-help stuff. And I'm always like reading with the intention of how can I maybe use this for the podcast or my men's group. And it's kind of changed the way I, um, consume information and then remember and recall information. It's just an easier way. So, and you know, instead of me stuffing a bunch of books in my computer bag when I travel for work, I have this little one pound uh, Kindle and it's amazing. And I know like Kindles have been around forever, but they're getting better. And I charge it like once every three or four weeks. It's crazy. So anyways. I know. And Todd got me one and I don't use it as much as he does, but I've really been thankful to have it in certain situations when I want to read at night, when I want to download a book right away, like when I hear about something. And same with him, the the two books that I'm thinking of right now, I was able just to get the notes or I don't really write the notes. Do you write notes? No, on you just highlight everything. Me too. But and then you, said, ex- and you could also write notes with your highlights. Right, so you I highlight a that. sentence and you could put a note in. I just highlight Me the too. stuff mm-hmm. and then you export all the, and then you could do searches like, okay, I wanted to, what was it that was in that book about this? You can do a search and it'll come right up. It's and just really. For everybody who has a Kindle, you know this, but you, it actually, as you're reading, it'll say, here's a sentence that's been underlined right. you know, thousands of times. Yes. And so it makes you kind of pay more attention to, to certain parts what of is it. this. Yeah. yeah. So 
That's my Good. second. Uh, my second one is women, um, because I feel like that just like journalists changed 2017, women changed 2017 for so many reasons. Um, 2017 was the Women's March, which I was able to participate in proudly. And that was really, I, I just want to make a few points about the Women's March. The amount of women who came out, and again, so much has happened this year that we don't really talk about the march anymore. It was more like a kickoff. But so many women came out together, and men too, but it was it was organized by women. Mm -hmm. And it was the most peaceful. There were no arrests. I mean, we don't even talk about how amazing that is. Right. It was a peaceful, thoughtful, but very powerful. You know, it wasn't like a, oh, we're kind of here. Mm -hmm. It was like... We, here we are, are here, yeah. which was why we called our uh, conference We Are Here last year. Um, and that was really profound for me. I will never forget it. And I'm glad that I was able to bring my girls to that. Um, and then as the year went on, you know, women like, uh, you know, TV, you know, uh, some of the shows that I've talked about just this year, you know, watching Big Little Lies. And Todd and I just started watching One Mississippi with Tig Notaro and uh, Wrinkle in Time is coming out, which is Ava Duver DuVernay. I think I'm saying that right. Her uh, movie, um, you know, even Star Wars had more powerful female leaders um, and seeing women more, not just, oh, there's a token woman, but these are women's stories. We saw Lady Bird last night or yesterday. That is written by a woman, directed by a woman, focusing on a woman. And I mean, these are... These are stories that haven't been told, and some people say, oh, we've heard them. No, we haven't. We've heard them through a man's tone. Mm. We've heard them through, uh, you know, it, a man has written it right. a lot of the time. Or directed it. Or directed it. And so we're not getting a woman's perspective. We're getting what men think women think and say. Yeah. And so it's different. So It's funny you say that because um, kind of to that, uh, regarding that topic of women, I have dedicated as much energy as I can towards hashtag me too and help us men understand this and all that. And um, it is kind of, and we, we noted the irony, you know, in my living room, I had 16 guys and we talked about me too and all the different facets of it. And we noted the irony of the fact that there was no women in the room. Now, I think that there's some of that that was intentional because if there's women in the room, then it kind of changes what we feel comfortable saying. But there is something to be said, like, you know, we need to have some women. So one of the challenges that I asked the guys to do is one, ask your wife about her experience with me too. And then secondly, um, because Mike Domish brought it up on our interview uh, about 10 days ago, ask your wife um, if there's anything that we as guys do to make our wives feel uncomfortable. So anyways, it's just kind of funny how you talk about how men are telling the story in a weird way. I'm kind of, I'm trying to get to the same place of healing, but I'm doing it through a man's lens and it's, it's tricky. Well, and we talked about that night, I ended up having a birthday dinner for my, my uh, friend. So I couldn't be at your men's group, but we had talked about me coming in just for a little bit, just mm. to answer questions or just to say things that like you you couldn't say and like that's the thing is there's this fine balance between 
you sometimes people, you know, we've talked about this with like Charlottesville. Sometimes people listen are more likely to listen to people who look like them. Yeah. So white men who are um, in, in you know the search of justice yeah. need to be talking to other white men who are angry and have a lot of hatred to help them to support them and maybe seeing things a different way. At the same time, we need to make sure that women's voices are being heard and that it's not just about everything that men are just taking the lead on everything and thinking they know everything mm. because you're missing 51% of the population's glasses the yeah. way we see the world and that and that was part of women too was that i was you know going to bring up as me too how much that changed this year, this latter part of the year, and how you know Me Too was Time's Person of the Year, and all these women who finally said enough. And I think that was kicked off from this election and the Women's March. Like this wasn't just like okay, right this moment this is happening. It's been building and happening and happening and happening, where women finally said no more, and this is something that happened to me. And and once. The more that people do that, you know, it's a tipping point. Um, I always forget. I I always want to use this language that Brene used in her book, and I forget it every time. But it's like, you know, like a mass consumption thing, like where we get to a we get to a certain place, and then all of a sudden, you know, it tips over yeah. and things change, and yeah. that's exactly where we are. And this is not a linear thing. Yeah. I am. I've had numerous and and not super comfortable uh, conversations with lots of people about the backlash that women are going to face because of this. We're not idiots. Yeah. We know that we know what this looks like. Yeah. You know, um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's not part of the process. It's absolutely necessary. And um, and I just feel like at least now there's some accountability. There's some clean. I mean, talk about we're starting. We're starting. We're starting to not only listen, but clean out some of this old history that women have experienced so much pain that has been um, not 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 looked at, not respected. Um, ignored. Ignored. That's the best word. It has been completely ignored. And so then we can go back a little bit, you know, thinking about what's happened in the last three or four months. So go back to those images in February or March when there were 20 white men sitting around a table deciding what we should do about birth control. Mm -hmm. And those pictures were going viral and everyone's like, well, we elected them. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, you must see this through a woman's lens. What if there were 20 women sitting around a table deciding what to do with your health? Well, actually, they would probably take really good care of you. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying because men are mean and women aren't. I'm just saying that women tend to look at things like how can we make sure right. that everybody is taken care of here? And I think that men want that too. You know, I think that that's part of it. But these things get in the way, the power and the, you know, the needing to be the tribalism. Like mm -hmm. I need to just vote with my party and I need to, um, you know – align myself with people who are um, thinking this way. And there's not a, – at the beginning of the year, it didn't feel like there were a lot of allies for women. No. I mean, you know, she persisted yeah. was this year. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, she persisted. You know, that came this year. Like, so there's so many things I could say. I just wanted to point out that this year women have encouraged me, astounded me, um, influenced me, and made me a better – woman myself. Um, so I'm just saying thank you to, you know, the political environment that created that, the um, 
entertainment, the entertainment world that created that, and just everyday women who were able to speak out. We are here. You know what this is from? We are here. Can they hear us now? Um, This is from Horton Hears a Who. It's the most beautiful thing ever. I love this part. I don't hear nothing. (laughs) I don't think so. But keep trying. I'll never give in. It's a really dramatic part. Oh, yeah, it's intense. Are you sure that every Who down in Whoville is trying? So all the people in Whoville are saying we are here, and they're trying to break the sound barrier or the ceiling or whatever. It's very symbolic. Anyways, I love that part. Well, and we need everybody. And, you know, I had coffee with my um, friend Annie last week, and one of the things we talked about is on social media and out in the world and just in conversation, I will always remember my friends, colleagues, women I don't even know who spoke up. But there were a lot of women that didn't say anything. And I'll remember that too. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean like I'm mad at you now. I just mean like this is, you know, a lot of times when we look at history and we say, gosh, what would you have done during the Holocaust? What would you have done if you were living in Rwanda? Mm. What would you have done if people were coming for people? You know, and and people will say very simply, oh, I would have stood up. I wouldn't have let that happen. Um, But what are we doing now? Mm -hmm. And there are some people that are really quiet. And, and I understand that there's a lot involved because there's families that we can make angry and there's some of us who just want to – we're dealing with our own lives, which can be really intense. Um, and it's hard to get involved in world issues. But I think sometimes we forget our grounding base, our ability to deal with our own lives is dependent on our ground base being solid. And when we start going after people or when things start to feel not normal – we have to speak up because that's then what happens, that sound barrier, we break through. That's right. And we speak up for people. We take care of each other. You know, that quote that people have been posting a lot this year, you know, first they came for whoever, mm. then they came for whoever, and I didn't speak up. Then they came for, and then they came for me, and there was no one to speak up for me. Mm. So I think that we have, do you know that quote I'm I talking don't. about? I'll look it up when, as you are going on to your next one, my love. Sweetie, your first two was journalism and women. Uh-huh. My, my first two was a Kindle and my shoes. All right. You know what? Todd? A little bit of uh, irony there. But I, I knew. Don't know if it's irony. But. Well, I knew you would speak to the ones I spoke to, too. Right. Right. You're doing more of like a CNN. General. What are they going to do? Talk about, you know, like the, you know, they do the 80s and the 90s. Right. You're, at least your first two are more like reporting back on the climate of our country. And I'm talking about my footwear. Correct. A little different. Well, and you know what? I originally had written down, written down like 12 things, like articles that affected me or a movie or a TV show. And then I realized they could all be summed up in mm. journalism, women. Like when I think about the articles I read this year that were written by women or the movies I went to that were written, you know, this is just a simplified way. So my last uh, take when I think of 2017, I think of two trips I took. Okay. Um, I went on an amazing like seven or eight day excursion with my daughter, JC, to New England. And I will always remember that because it's such a wonderful trip. And then me and Kathy went to Vegas together for, I think, geez, were we four or five days? It was a long vacation. Yes. And um, we had a blast. So those are my highlights of 2017, sweetie. Um, That, so travel, is that what you would call it? I would call it. JC New England, Sweetie Vegas. That's what I would call it. Yeah. Well, and you know something about travel or just t- 
time alone with somebody that you love in a different environment is it it deepens your relationship. Like Todd and I are different when we're on vacation. And I like Todd wherever he is, so I don't need him to be different necessarily. But, you know, we are at home, we are mom and dad and we are married and we are part of the community and we work, you know, we obviously have this business together. But then when we go to Vegas or we go to Arizona or we even go to Chicago for a night, we get to be kind of, you know, younger. Mm. We get to be, we are not so bogged down by responsibility and we, we're different. Mm. You know, we We can spend $18 for a vodka drink. Yeah. We're like, why not? And then we set it down and we say, maybe that'll be there tomorrow. And it wasn't. It wasn't. I went back. It was shocking that it wasn't. And it was 116 degrees in Vegas. And we couldn't breathe. Couldn't breathe. I don't know how anybody breathed in Vegas that week. I know. Well, and I got good. It was windy too. And the wind was like hot, a blow dryer. Hot wind. You kept saying, it's like a blow dryer in my face. I know. It was like a joke. I thought I was like in some weird movie that was not real, but it was 116 and really windy. It was like we were on Tatooine. Exactly. With the double suns. That's right. Like Luke looking up at the suns. Good old Luke. He did that again. He looked up at those suns again in the movie. And um, also, I got good news yesterday that Lady Gaga just signed a contract to have a show in Vegas and just kind of like the Backstreet Boys do and Celine Dion and Britney Spears and all these people who are doing shows in Vegas. So, dude, we are going back for that show. Back for the attack. And listen to this. Her deal is $100 million. That's all? And right now she has 74 shows. That means that she will get paid over a million dollars per show. Not bad. Not bad. And yeah. we're going to contribute to that because I saw her this summer and she's amazing. And, I, and Vegas shows are just so polished. I mean, they're yeah. just so great. So- on another note, let me go back to this this um, poem that's sure. not so optimistic, but first they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Mm. So the point is, is you put, insert whatever words you want, you know, first they came for the women, the Muslims, the <clears throat> LGBTQ community, what, whatever, whatever group that you feel is being, you know, the African-American or African-American women, a yeah. lot of times, you know, who totally saved us in this last election, um, you know, whatever it is, why are we not speaking for people? And a lot of times we'll say, well, that doesn't involve me. Oh, yes, it does. Right. The way we treat, we are all connected. The way we treat everybody involves us. So, just a reminder. um, So, my last one, and again, this is kind of again goes in the lines of journalism and women. Uh, I had kind of a renewed sense of faith this year. Um, At last year, after you know, at the beginning of 2017, I was very unsure. Um, I was very unsure of what things would look like this year. I was kind of scared. Um, and one of the things I started doing was after I would meditate in the morning, I would write a note to myself and put it on the wall um, just to remind myself of you know, being present and trusting and remembering that what faith means and what hope means is the ability to have trust in something you can't see yet. 
is that sometimes I would say to myself, I don't know how all these issues are going to be solved, or I don't know how we're going to make it through this or that or the other. And this can be a political climate. It can be something going on in your own family. Because at the beginning of the year, my dad was really sick too. Mm -hmm. So there was just a lot going on with me, with the world, and then also with me personally. And I just wasn't sure how I was going to do it. Yeah. You know? And faith is really just trusting that you don't need to know right this second, but that things unfold that you could have never predicted, yeah. you couldn't have planned for, and that you have everything you need to get through, and the next moment will illuminate a new step for you. And sometimes when we plan things out or we think we know how things are going to go, which is what I thought in 2016, I just assumed things were going to go a certain way, yeah. and they didn't. And sometimes it just shakes us out of that, that our brain. Our sleepiness. And puts us back into our heart of, you know, trust in the bigger picture. And I've had to do that. And now I, you know, I kind of kept writing notes throughout the year. And now I have a whole wall full of notes, um, reminders to myself of that trust in the process. And that it's not, this is the other big thing I learned this year about faith. It's not one event it's a, an accumulation of events right. that creates change. It's not like, oh, that happened. That newspaper article came out. They said this. This person got busted. That's a small piece. It's waves, ebbs and flows. Exactly. It's an accumulation. And um, that's those are, the, those are the things I learned this year. I think we lost George Michael this year. I think we did too. Gotta have faith, sweetie. I know. I know. He plays them too. Keep it going. You gotta wait till he says it. All right. good song it's a great song i don't think i i think i was too cool for school to like it when it came out because mm. i was listening to pink floyd you know like no i listen to the doors and pink floyd right and then this song came out actually it's not true i remember listening to this song on a mixtape with charlie marty and herb till we we're playing wiffle ball in the front did you listen to father figure and cry no i never cried at father figure sweetie did you listen to i want your sex and understand it was about monogamy no, I don't listen to words. Oh, okay. Which is why I didn't deeply understand Hamilton. <laughs> or any other song. Or any other song. That's why Shine On You Crazy Diamond is so great. Oh, it's really possibly the worst song. Oh my gosh. Any Pink Floyd fans out there, it's not about the words. It's about the feeling of the music. Well, I'm all about the feeling of the music, but I feel like words are the energy that drive the feeling of the music. I also feel okay i here we're gonna get deep here for here a we go let's go deep but words sounds and colors are all connected okay have you ever heard someone say something that sounds blue or have you ever heard a song that sounds yellow um yeah i think so <clears throat> yeah. i i i can't t tap into it 
the way certain other people can. But I think I know what you mean. Well, and I think that we all kind of have that capability. I know as a kid, I could totally feel like a color of a feeling or a song. Like it's all interconnected. Words that carry the energy that create the color that, and I even, I read somewhere, I think it was Ian Van Zant was talking about how actual notes in a song actually have certain vibrations that cause you to feel certain ways. Right. That's why songwriters know how to tap into that, right. you know? So, um, so I agree with you that songs have feelings. Yikes. But this one doesn't give me this. I love this song. Do you? I do. This is a 13 minute song. One time Todd and I went on a date in our early twenties and went to a bar and he played this on the jukebox and it was really too bad because I got that jukebox for 13 minutes off of one quarter. That is no good to me. Here comes the drums. This is not positive. This is like scary. Sweetie. You're scary. I'm not. This is a song about Sid Barrett. I, every song's about Sid Barrett. No, so sweetie, is not every the, song is about Sid Barrett. The lunatic is on the grass. Or the whatever. lunatic is on the grass. Um, I want to talk about our first partner of this week, canvaspeople.com. They are an easy-to-use photo-to-canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. So instead of snapping that picture and letting it rot on your phone, upload it to canvaspeople.com and get an 11 by 14-inch canvas. And if you type in the coupon code ZEN, Z-E-N, it'll go from $69.99 down to zero. You just pay shipping. And uh, all you got to do is throw a nail on the wall and it's you hang it up. You don't have to worry about taking it to the framer or anything like that. Don't and it's throw beautiful. a nail in the wall, though. Hammer a nail into the wall. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Whatever, Russ. So canvaspeople.com, coupon code ZEN, 11 by 14, canvas. Uh, you just pay shipping. Can't beat it. They got a bunch of pillows and mugs and other stuff, but I like the I like the wall stuff. So, um, so Pink Floyd. I'm beside. I yeah, really, let's talk about Pink Floyd. I really like on the turning away because that actually has a message I appreciate. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of other Pink Floyd songs that I really like. I let's know there's do plenty. A, let's just do a show about Pink Floyd. Let's not, because a lot of Pink Floyd. Oh, I know what's. I like um, a few songs from the Wall. Um, a few try all of them sweetie but they here's the thing even on the turning away this song that I love there's there's sad it's melancholy but it's powerful I know and I'm in the mood for that sometimes what does this song mean to you I always think about you know people who are oppressed and people who we just from um, the pain and downtrodden I always think about people who are homeless when I hear this song it's David Gilmore how about this line coming up? Don't accept that what's happening is just a case of all the suffering. Oh, you'll find that you're joining in the turning That's away. That's exactly there. what you were talking about. I know. It's a sin that somehow light is changing to shadow. And it has a melancholy, and then there's a point in the song where, where it, it turns hopeful. Yes. Oh, well, I just got goosebumps from that song. I know. And I, like I said, I always kind of envisioned when I was first listening to that song way back when of people who are homeless because we really literally turn away. Yeah. Like we, we don't even physically, look, physically. We will look away from them because it makes us uncomfortable. Exactly. And now I just see the bigger picture of that song. Like we're so willing to pretend that certain things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 
and so anyway, and but like Todd said, again, let's go back to faith. The end of that song is really optimistic. Yeah. You know, no more turning away is what they end on, right? Yep. No From more the weak away. and the weary. That's right. From the coldness inside. Um, we did a show on the song, Pink Floyd song called Mother. I don't know which one it is. I'm going to try to find it. But uh, it was just, uh, we actually played, it's one of my favorite uh, podcasts we've ever done. Yeah. Because we broke down the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Do a, a Google search, zenparentingradio.com, Pink Floyd's Mother. And uh, we actually did Natalie Maines version. Yes, right. Because as much as I like Roger Waters, because he wrote the song, Natalie Maines did it in such a way that's just beautiful. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that was one of my favorite podcasts that we've ever done. I'll try to find out which one it was. So we're running out of time. Unfortunately, Are we really? Yes. So let's just do one of those questions from Tim Ferriss. What is the... Okay, so this is um, this is a book called Tribe of Mentors. Tim Ferriss, he's got 11 questions in here. It's really powerful. So um, I invite you to kind of think about how you would answer this question, or maybe we'll do two of them. Uh, so here's the first question. He used these questions to ask people about, you know, helping us with some guidance and some inspiration. So, sweetheart, what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? Or what are one to three books that you have greatly influenced your life? Oh, uh, easy. Um, Gift from the Sea. Mm. Um, Who wrote that? Uh, Lindbergh, Anne Merle Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that book influenced my life the most because it is, <clears throat> it was the first book about self-care that, um, meant something to me, what it really means. Cause I think the self-care books initially were about, you know, go out and go out with your friends and, you know, excuse me, I have to clear my throat <clears throat> or, you know, go get a manicure or go out to eat. And that's not what self-care is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about getting back to who you are and, you know, how you play a bigger role in your family um, and that you need to be a whole person to be able to give to your family. And what's so powerful to me about, you know, this book is that she wrote this in like the 50s Mm -hmm. and she was needing – what basically what the book is about without – you know, you guys can read it and get all the beautiful – um, messages from it, but she is a mother and she's Charles Lindbergh's wife, by mm-hmm. the way, you know, there's a lot of history right. here. Um, she's the woman in the aviator's wife. Um, she needed, she had four children and they actually, there's a whole sordid history there, but I won't go down that, that, you know, that path, but <clears throat> she has to leave her family and go to the beach to refine herself. And she does this every year and she talks about the difficulty in leaving, the, di- the, the joy in being on her own and the desire to return and the paradox in all of that and how that – a lot of people are like, well, if you need to be away from your kids, you don't love your kids. Or if you're having a good time, it means you don't want to go home. Or if you want to go home, then it meant you didn't want to be there in the first place. None of those things are true. They're all – well, I shouldn't say none of them are true. What I'm saying is they all these things can be true at once. Right. And I just real she just gave me a lot of permission. So I give that book a lot. Um, I also just in this last year have given um, the empath book to about four people. Mm. Um, Judith Orloff's book, The Survivor's Guide for Empaths, mm. <laughs> because that's what I um, 
I use that word to help me understand myself better. And there's some people around me who I thought would appreciate that book too. But that's been just this year. Gifts from the Sea has been the biggest book for me. Got it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, through my coaching, I use two books. Um, A lot of the guys that I coach are my age and kind of stuck and don't know if this is, if what they do for a job is kind of their passion and their mission. And there's a book uh, written by a woman named El Luna, and it's called The Crossroads of Should and Must. Yes. And it's a book that you can literally read in about 22 minutes, but you can spend a lifetime going through. And it's just the idea of how do you balance out your passion? How do you find out what your passion is in life? And how do you engage your passion while at the same time living on this earth and knowing that you have bills to pay? And it's just a wonderful book. I've even thought about using that as inspiration for my retreat Um don't know for sure if that's going to happen, but, and then the other one that I absolutely adore is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And I send the first two chapters to almost everybody that I work with, uh, that I'm coaching because it's just talks about the voice inside your head. And if you can get a better relationship with the voice inside your head, also known as the inner roommate, um, everything can change. And those two chapters are unbelievably powerful for me. Yeah, that kind of changed our life, that book. And then El Luna's book, um, I've used that with my college students. And not only is it beautifully written, but it's art, it's a piece of art. Mm. She draws pictures inside of it and there's a lot of colors. So it's just an enjoyable book to have on your bookshelf. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit. Sure, go ahead. We do have a little bit of time. Um, What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Do you have any unusual habits, sweetie? Well, the first thing that came to my mind was law and order Mm. because it doesn't quite fit all the other pieces of me. Yeah. Um, And also listening to music really loud Mm. um, and the fact that I love hair bands and really sometimes really harsh music. At the same time, I love really gentle you know, music. So it's not that I love one more than the other, but I think sometimes when I describe myself or people know me a certain way, they would assume certain things. And they're wrong. And there's some parts of me that don't fit that at all. That's right. Um, I definitely am, I can... I can tear it up, sweetie. I know. I've seen it. And I swear, I could, too. I could hear your, um, when you pull up, I can usually hear you before you even hit the driveway because the music is freaking really loud, mm-hmm. which is fine. But sometimes you forget to turn that radio right. off. I'm trying to get a little better at that or at least turn it down partially. You actually a lot better at that. Good. That doesn't happen that much. Yeah. Really. So law and order and loud music. So my um, habit that is, I don't know if it's absurd, but it's one that I take comfort in is my ability to just be unkept. Yes. I uh, dirty sometimes. Or my ability to maybe skip a day, maybe even two showering, if I know I don't have to be anywhere. Now, poor sweetie's got to live with that mm-hmm. and you deal with it. So thanks for dealing with it. You've never been different. You've been that way since the day I met you. And like I went to Egg Harbor to pick up some food <laughs> in these ridiculous <laughs> Star Wars pajamas that Chris and Manisha got me for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, I don't, I just love not caring. Yeah, it's a gift. I'm just so, I don't know, just easy. Well, and I think people, the weird thing is because it's you authentically and you're not doing it to make a point, I think a lot of people respect it. Like we, so Todd went to Egg Harbor. This is a restaurant in our town for those of you who don't live in Chicagoland. And um, like he said, to pick up food and he was in his Star Wars pajamas and he came home and he had a Santa hat on. And I said, did you go in like that? And he's like, yeah. So yesterday after we went to the movie, we went to Egg Harbor and our waiter who we love 
I said, did you see Todd here in his Star Wars pajamas? And he's like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he's like, I, he goes, I just couldn't wait to tell my brother. And I just couldn't wait. Like, I think people who don't live that way often appreciate seeing you not care. Now, if you were doing it inauthentically, like there are some people that are like, well, I'm just going to go out and show I don't care. That's not... Right. It's not from that place. Well, and it's not to say I don't have any sense of vanity either. Sometimes when I'm run down, I get cold sores and I get these awful canker uh, cold sores on my lips and I cannot stand them. And I... I because you're worried. You're more worried about other people. It's you, both. They yeah. hurt like a bugger. Yeah. And I can't eat or drink anything without being reminded that this thing sucks. And then there's a vanity piece right. of me too. So I just don't want to... Th- I don't want people to think that I'm above having any sense of ego about the way I look, because I do. Well, and the gift that you have, and I know you get embarrassed when I say this, is you are good looking. So you can go out and be like unkept and still appear, you know, you have, you know, you're, if you were not, if you didn't look the way you did. Like Tom Cruise? Yes. If you didn't look that way, you may be more thoughtful about, you know what, there's some things I need to do. Like Todd, one of, one of Todd, my favorite clips from a movie, which we've played a million times, is from about last night when <laughs> when Rob Lowe, because I just relate to it so much, be, you know, being married to Todd, is, you know, it, Rob Lowe comes in and says to Demi Moore, like, why do you put on all that stuff? Do you do all that stuff for your boss? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, some of us have to get ready. And some of us have, what is she Some say? of us look good just waking up, like but some you. of us have to work at some it. Some of us have to work at it. And by the way, it. Rob Lowe is just an unbelievably attractive man. Right. And he's like, how old is that guy? Older than us. And he's he, got grown sons who are like in college. And he looks like he's 22. I know. And he's always looked that way. And, and that's why that's a great scene. Because again, Demi Moore is gorgeous. So it's not like she's not. But the point being made sometimes is you get to go out and look unkept and be like, hey, I'm cool. Right. I, it's not, I mean, look at me right now. I'm going to yoga. I'm not super kept, but I, I do have to shower. I do have to wash my face. Well, I do have to wash Here's my a hair. note to some of the ladies. I can't speak for all the guys out there, but for me, I think a woman looks sexier walking into a yoga class with a baseball hat on than they do going out for dinner. And sometimes that hurts us because you'd be like, hello, I just got my hair done and I have makeup on and I'm wearing high heels and I don't notice it, but I'm trying. And my- I don't wear baseball hats to yoga. Right. I wear my hair in a ponytail, but baseball hat would be tough in yoga. Well, whatever, you know. I wear baseball hats occasionally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyways. Um, Last question. We've only got two minutes. No, we don't have time. We have Team Zen. It's a subscription-based model that we do, 25 bucks a month. It's a chat, video chat with Kathy and I and a handful of different listeners, Team Zen members. This is what we talked about a few times ago. I just want to give people an insight on what some of the things we talk about, how adult children can manage parental divorce, hello, how to manage holiday stress, how to set up a different intention for the holiday and follow through, and how to support a child who is afraid of being in a new house, who feels anticipatory anxiety around pain, and who has difficulty calming down when hurt. These are some of the things that we talked a few times ago. So, Well, and let me tell you, we just had a meeting with our one of um, our friend Brad who does our website. And now people who are on Team Zen are going to have access to this place on our website where they can access every Team Zen podcast we've done. Yeah. And it really is called the Team Zen Podcast. So for those of you who love this podcast, like the free subscription service podcast that you are listening to right now, 
actually, it's not subscription service, it's just a podcast. Um, we now have this other podcast called Deep Team Zen, but and that you, does cost money. And you will be able to listen, before you'd have to click a link and, and all that, but we are gonna have it where you can actually listen it listen to it through your podcast app, but it's password protected. So. Exactly, and then we have the Facebook page where everybody can answer questions for each other and support each other. And then we also have discounts, like we gave our Team Zen members discounts for the conference. The civility class we taught a month ago was free to them, and any of my books are you know significantly discounted. So there's a lot of perks um, to being on Team Zen. And it's a community. It's not just about Kathy and I. Like sometimes there'll be questions on the Facebook page and the members actually answer, better than we answer do. the questions as well, if not better than we would. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the conference coming up March 2nd and 3rd. And I do want to promote one of our partners. Uh, it's an organization called uh, HGNA, Helping Girls Navigate Adolescence. They're actually going through a rebranding thing um, where they're uh, helping boys too. So if you're, um, they're out of Downers Grove, but they're an amazing organization that I've been very closely affiliated with for a long time. And um, they're helping uh, K through eighth grade. Um, just emotional intelligence, stuff like that. Yeah, so. literally their language, navigating adolescence. Yeah. They were with us last year. My Our daughter went through their program, which is called Chick Chat. Todd taught for their a boy program called Heroes. Um, we have known them for a long time. They've written a great book called Elements mm -hmm. um, that is about helping girls navigate adolescence that we've talked about on the show. We've had um, Mary Ellen and Sandra on the show. So um, they are part of our conference, and we're just so we feel so we're, we feel honored to have them. That's right. And uh, we don't have any iTunes reviews, but if you guys feel like it, give us an iTunes review because that helps out. That could be a holiday gift for us. I know Christmas is over, but a twenty. Yeah, or gift. shop on Amazon through uh, the link that we have on our um, ZenParentingRadio.com webpage, or join Team Zen. There's a lot of different ways you can. Um, or be a Zen friend. Or be a Zen for friend for the conference. That's yeah. right. Uh, anything else? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but you got to go to yoga. Yeah, I got to go. Um, well, you guys, next show that you listen to, it might come a little bit later than usual, but um, meaning it might be a day after because we're going to be on break. But we will have a show that first week of 2018 for sure. So count on it. And we're so excited to have another year with you. Thank you for listening. We yes. love and appreciate you. And, um, you know, here's to faith and love and connection and honoring each other and taking care of each other. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, and keep trucking and get your ultra boost in your Kindle paper. <laughs> Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? If so, then get your tickets now for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed, Milk, and Mike Damish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. If you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. 
If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking. Thank you.